This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery, and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthq.com.au forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. Hello and welcome back to the In Demand Accountant with Sam Dean. I'm Sam Dean and I'm so happy to be here today with you. As you know, it's our mission here at Blueprint HQ and my personal mission to ensure that accountants are in demand going into the future. Today, I would like to talk about efficiency and how being highly efficient and also effective in your efficiency is one of the key elements to keeping in demand because obviously... Being in demand means that we have to work very hard and we want to protect ourselves in that and be efficient when it comes to client, staff and all of the key stakeholders in our everyday. Now, in previous episodes, um, we have covered off inefficiency in what we do in our end-of-year processes and actually making space in our compliance work, etc., so we can actually have efficiency. So I'm not going to touch on that today, but if you haven't listened to those episodes, there's a series that start on the 27th of February and go through to the 26th of March. There's a four-week series on creating efficiencies in end of year. So I suggest that you go back there. So we're talking about our core business in those particular ones, but today we're really going to focus on the efficiency loops in your everyday around the conversations that you have how you set up your day, the decisions that you make through the day, rest that's required for efficiency, and then also knowing your efficiency magic um, from the different types of things that you do during the day or during the week and when's the best time for you to actually do things. So I'll just run through those topics again that we're going to pop through. So the, I'm going to run through the importance of them and then give you some tips and tricks and story around how you can improve it. So we're going to look at the conversation framework, how you set up your day for efficiency, how to make quick and decisive decisions to be efficient around that, how rest is very important in efficiency, and then also knowing when you're efficient at what you do. So let's start with conversation. And I think this is something that I've had to learn a lot through my experiences that conversations can run us into trouble. And when we talk about efficiencies and conversations, there's a couple of things. There's the times that we take in having conversations and then having conversations that might not have any outcome and then have to be repeated. And then also how to effectively manage them too from an efficiency point of view when dealing with emotions and some of the consequences that might come out of having conversations with people. And it's very hard for us, I think, sometimes as Professionals, we're not trained um, in these areas and conversation such a key piece in what we do from all stakeholders' point of view. So it's important to be efficient and effective in them. So when we talk about um, conversations, I always try to tr- approach each conversation that I have with preparation. 
So what's the purpose of the conversation that I'm about to go in? So you can scale this up and down depending on the size of the conversation. So it could be a quick catch up just in the coffee room, how you're going. Obviously the purpose of that's purely social. Um, all the way up to board meetings when you frame up um, or any other meetings that you have with people around what's the purpose, why are we here, what are the outcomes look like and how long is this actually going to take. So these are all very important things to do it. So again, the framework that you need to have conversations is set up, why am I here? What's the purpose of this conversation? Then also ask permission to have conversations. So if you aren't in a scheduled meeting and you want to ask somebody to have a conversation, ask them for permission to do so. And then also in reverse, if people drop in on you, also ask, you know, they need to also ask you permission and they can't just barge in and you have all your rights in the world to say, hey, um, I don't have time right now. Could we, you know, make 10 minutes later on in the day or whatever that might be? The next element to efficient conversations is actually listening and seeing what the other person wants and then feeding that back to them to make sure that you have all the facts when you're listening and that you're absorbing what they're saying. Because how often have you ever left a, a meeting or something and gone, you know, I can't really remember what that was about or whatever, so you have to either recheck in or you've missed something, which might come back later and it's in a very inefficient way um, to look at things. Get to the point is the next step. Get to the point. I've really noticed this a little bit recently, particularly when we, um, you know, have gone through quite a lot at the moment and there is a little bit of overwhelm and stuff going on. The people are looping in conversations. So this is a really hard thing and I struggled with this a lot and sometimes still do to a certain extent. Take a breath before you respond to anybody and say, what is, just have that quick decision that we were talking about before. What, what is it that I really want to say and try to frame it up very quickly in your head before you go and say it. And then if you do find yourself sort of in a loop, there's nothing wrong with stopping and going, just checking in with yourself, having a quick breath and then going forward. And if somebody's looping on you and sort of speaking or talking in circles, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, can we just stop for a minute? I've lost the train of thought here. Don't be disrespectful, but I've lost the train of thought here. Can we loop back? What we were discussing was X, you know, are you clear on that? And then go forward again. Because a lot of time can be lost in conversations if everyone's talking in circles or talking over the top of each other. And if you do get into a loop or you're listening to someone in the loop, you won't be clear on the outcome anyhow because you've switched off at some some time. So be very clear on where you are and then also be very thinking about your thoughts and how and making sure that you've got them under control so you can be clear too. And then don't be afraid to ask somebody to stop if you're unclear of where they're going and you might be able to help them get back on the track too. So again, just a the quick tips on conversation is always prep for a conversation, no matter how big or small the conversation is. What is the purpose? How long is it going to take? And then check in, ask permission, or make sure that person's asked you permission and don't be afraid to push the meeting if necessary. Listen, make sure you're clear on what that other person wants and then feed that back to them. And at same at the end. And then if you are in a loop or you are sort of losing train of what you're saying, pull up, stop, and then go forward. Also, if you're in a conversation and it does go out of 
um, the context of the purpose of the conversation. There's nothing wrong with stopping and saying, hey, this is another different topic. Could we discuss it later or could we discuss it at the end or could we discuss it in a, at another time? And it makes efficient. Make sure everyone stays on the same track so you're not shifting back and forward. The next element of being efficient is around how we set up our days. And you can either look at this in a day frame or a week frame, but I'm going to stick to a day right now. And there's a few steps to it. First of all, you want to set up your day for success like you do everything. You need to set boundaries, have some space, do one thing at a time. So let's drill down on everything. Do you ever get to the end of the day and go, oh my goodness, you know, what did I actually do? I've exhausted, I'm not sure what I did. And that means we're probably jumping from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. So I find, um, to stop me doing this, because I'm this is one of my fairly bad habits, I have to actually set up for my day for success. So my first tip here is set a goal at the beginning of the day and say, if I, when I get to the end of the day, if I've done this one thing, I'm going to be happy. I would have done enough. And that can't be, you know, having a cup of coffee or something, obviously. It might be, you know, I really want to return that difficult phone call or I really want to um, finish this report or whatever whatever that might be. It's also something you can do at the beginning of the week too. So what's the one thing that I want to get to the end of the week and have done um, of significance? And then when you get to the end of the day or to the end of the week, you can say, well, what was my one big achievement today or at the end of the week? And that will then actually leave you um, at the end of the day with a feeling of achievement so you can start your next day with a clean slate. The next one is really setting boundaries. This can be done in a number of ways. There's obviously physical boundaries and um, there's the more mental, so the internal and external. One of the things I find most successful, it's fairly basic, is if you have things to do, is block out your time and make sure nothing disturbs it. So if you have a big file to review or something to do, block out a couple of hours or have a consistent block out time where that's all you do is work or the um, client work or whatever that is, and then completely create that. Now, you have to be fairly disciplined in this and that boundary has to be um, set in stone and usually you know, we have to be very disciplined to say no to people when this first happens. And I know that this can be super efficient because if you have a two-hour block, you can get probably as much work as you need to get done in the day sometimes in that time, um, particularly if you have other responsibilities and then you actually leave that very satisfied. And another area to set up boundaries is, you know, around the telephone calls and the emails and stuff like that. And then you need a certain amount of discipline, you know, turn off all your notifications on your phones, turn off all your notifications on the email so you're not being disturbed or distracted, even if you're not physically being disturbed. If you've got things pinging on your phone or anything all the time, there is distraction there. Another thing setting boundaries is, of, is you know, around people always dropping in or annoying sort of more um, mental, you know, boundaries as well. So make sure that you really, really stick to that as well. Also, particularly at the moment, we tend to sometimes overload our days with meetings and, you know, jumping from one thing to another. So having space between meetings to debrief your staff or debrief yourself and, you know, making sure that all the action points and everything are covered off so then it's done so you don't have to go back to it late at night or stick it in your 
um, you know, on your desk to follow up later and then not remember. It's a very ineffective way. And this is something I used to be very, very guilty of. So block out your calendar with little blocks and say, you know, half an hour between each meeting and absolutely stick to it. There's the boundaries, as I've just previously said, too. And it will actually make you much more efficient because then it's all done when dealt with or delegated to the next appropriate person. Then you'll also have time to prep for the next meeting. And this is super important if you're moving between meetings of different types as well. And this is helps you not get so fatigued and actually able to shift. It's all my, also my recommendation that if you are setting your days up to try to do the same style of work throughout the day. So I tried to only do uh, client work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, administration sort of getting the um, you know sales and everything that I don't like to do on a Monday and making sure my team's all set up for success. And then on Fridays, debriefing, a lot of content, um, podcast recording or whatever has. So I'm not shifting across different styles of things throughout the day. So let's just quickly look at that, Luno. Set up your days sort of outside your normal efficiency pieces. Always have a bit of a thought, get ready for success for the day, set a goal as to what you want to get done and then loop back on that at the end and see what you've achieved. Always acknowledge that. Set boundaries. If you say that you are unavailable, make sure that you are. Create space between the meetings. Don't jump in between and out. And if you can, try to stick to one style of style throughout the day of what you're actually doing. The third area that um, inefficiencies can arise is around decisions. We need to make decisions, you know, all the time, every day, particularly as leaders and when we're in demand. And if we don't have a clear framework to make decisions and be very clear on what we want this can come very ineffective. So there's a few tips to making effective decisions, which we'll work through. One is to have a clear framework, to get all the information first if you can. Make the decision reasonably fast, and if you can't, you know, loop back and make sure that you have all the information, either fast in the decision-making or fast in to say you need more information. And lastly, stick to it. So let's work through that. So having a clear framework is very important um, because looping back to what we discussed um, in the, this helps too, if you really know where you want to go and what you want to do and what your lane is, and we talked about this in the Master of the Class Craft um, a couple of episodes ago, you can always make your decisions there. And be always think, when you're making a decision, sometimes just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. So sometimes you make decisions because you think you should make it do something and it could be a decision whether to do some style of work for your client that's outside, um, you know, your work and you think, well, I should do that because I can, but then you know that you don't have the frame for it or think it might take you more time or you don't really have the time but because you can't say no, um, you might do it. So it's a very inefficient. So have that clean framework and have that very clear idea in your head so you can always make reasonable decisions because saying no to something is much more efficient for both yourself and then the person that you're saying no to as well. If you are making decisions, make sure that you have all the information up front so that you know that you can safely make it, particularly I'm a bit more of a gut reaction person so I don't necessarily... Um, have to collate it. But if you're a person that's more logical and thought, um, 
you know, really know what sort of framework that you need and make sure that you have all the decisions, uh, sorry, all the information or the valid, valid information and that you're only going to one or two information sources and you make sure that they're trusted. Then make it a decision quickly and then the next thing is to stick to it. I think this is something, and I was just discussing this with somebody earlier today, it's very obvious when I work with firms and I know that I was guilty of this is that we'll go and make a decision on something, whether it's software or a new product that we're going to, you know, develop or technology that we're going to put in and then we change our minds. And, you know, the staff are, our staff, particularly if we're mainly working with accountants, um, you know, really like sure stepped out processes and if you're constantly changing your mind or changing your decisions, it becomes um, very unstable for people. So it's very important from an efficiency or an effectiveness point of view to make sure that we actually stick to it. Now, and another really good example too of when you make a decision is to be very clear on when a decision is made as opposed to when a idea is being discussed. I've had a few incidents in my career and I've certainly seen it with the firms that I work with is that if we're as leaders sort of discussing things in the lunchroom with people or we're kind of chewing the fat, sometimes there's a little bit of a miscommunication that comes back to the first thing around framing conversations as well. And we might, you know, staff might read something and some of our more eager staff might take a idea discussion as a decision as opposed to it was actually a decision made you know, from a foreign point of view or from a leadership point of view. So um, if you, what we, what I do is actually, you know, have a framework around it. So have rules within both my businesses of, you know, this is the decision-making process and when it comes from this source, it means a decision for change um, and, you know, ideas and everything that are discussed are just that, ideas discussing. So just a little bit of a tip. Um, I know and, it, you know, I've seen this happen, you know, enough times to mention it that just make sure that you're clear when you're you're conversing or you're brainstorming or you're having ideas um, where the line is between an idea being discussed and a decision actually being made and implemented. The next aspect is an interesting one, and I, you know, it's something that I used to struggle with, but I've learned the actual magic of it, and that's when it comes to efficiency. A lot of the time, the missing equation um, and the secret sauce, if you like is rest. So actually taking time out. Because if you are overwhelmed and tired, you become super, super inefficient. And there's a lot of studies done around this. There's a lot of scientific studies done um, around the fact that only working, you know, working a 90 minute, anything over a 90 minute um, slot of time, you become distracted and you need to take a break. And by break, it's stand up, walk around and a good 10 minutes break. And I know that, you know, as accountants, sometimes we can, and I do this, we can, you can work and work and then you'll suddenly, you know, it'll be dark outside and you might be spinning and, and have lost it. And I think if you do get to that point too, there is a certain amount of efficiency, inefficiency anyhow because you're not you know, clear and uh, mindful of what he's actually doing. And I think that, you know, when you are overwhelmed, your decision-making processes go down, so you're making ineffective, inefficient decisions, 
you um, are looping on work, you're probably looping in the conversations as well. Your days are sort of started and finish it and have no differences. So rest is super important and there's a lot of levels of rest. So there's resting and stopping during the day and I certainly noticed this in COVID um, and I've had to actually get my husband to help me here is to stop and every 90 minutes stop, get up and move around, particularly if you're speaking and on teams a lot as well. Get out in the sunshine and I've noticed that if putting those breaks back in and then also some exercise um, at lunchtime has certainly, you know, I get to the end of the day, first of all, I can um, still speak and also I'm much more effective. And then have you ever noticed if you put in a massive day, the next day you're a bit off? So, um, you know, just rest, rest during the day and then also have downtime around the weekends as well or an afternoon off. If you really feel yourself spinning that time, you really need to take time to make time in this case. And I cannot, I've learned from personal experience that rest is the, really the key ingredient to efficiency. We will, you will struggle with this first because it's an unnatural play for us um, because we are hard workers and you know, based on the more time you put in, the, the better. But I've definitely found that if you can keep yourself to eight hours a day at, at the absolute most, and that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you could be leaving a little bit after that and stuff, but having rest during the day, you'll be much, much more effective, you know, going forward. And the next one is also know where your efficiency magic is for the different types of things that you do. And I'll just explain this because it might be a little bit um, woo-woo for some. We have different levels of efficiency that we need. If we're doing something that we're masters of, and I'll use myself as an example again and, and you know tell the story, if I'm in consulting mode and everything, I can sort of get into a rhythm and I can be very efficient at it, even if I'm a bit tired or you know different times of day, I can get in that rhythm. But if I have to get into a creative efficiency, um, it's harder for me to do. And I need to have certain triggers and and I need a lot of rest um, to actually get into that creativity. Otherwise, I struggle and waste a lot of time and get very frustrated. So I've learned, you know, quite a few things about myself that I am best at, you know, as I said before, you know, at the beginning, sales I'm best and most effective at and efficient at if I put aside a time right at the beginning of the week so I don't need to worry about it and I just click it in and once I start the process, it will just roll. So that's the efficiency role for me. I know that I'm at my most creative, you know, after I've had some rest and when I'm just a little bit tired and sometimes when I'm a little bit cranky. So I know that if I can get into that zone that, um, you know, content runs a bit easier and I can be a little bit more creative, which is why I leave a lot of my content building to the end of the week um, when, you know, things are done and there's no more, should be no more deadlines. And, you know, that's a Friday and we create the space for that as well. So take time to think of the things that you need to do and when you're actually most efficient at it. Most of pe- people are most efficient, particularly at the numbers and everything gains in the mornings. So, you know, maybe have that time to have your block up time to do work and stuff and then returning telephone calls and um, answering emails and everything in the afternoon where you're not as, um, you know, might be a little bit more tired depending on where you are. So, you know, look at that that sort of stuff too. Know yourself and really know where your efficiency magic is. 
Well, I hope that helps. I'm just going to run through them again. Again, efficiency is not just about producing jobs really fast. It's about how you conduct yourself um, every day in the efficiency loops, you know, looking at how you set conversations up, how you set up your day, um, super important. The framework that you make decisions are, the super power ingredient is rest and then know where your efficiency magic lies. Well, once more, thank you very much for joining uh, me on on my conversations around efficiency. I think this is a super key element to becoming an in-demand accountant. Why it might be a bit dry, it's super important that we go through because the more efficient that we can do things, the more time we will have um, for our clients and for the things that find us joy in our day as well. So once more, thank you very much for joining us. And as always, continue the conversation and stay brave. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au and remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.